the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. The Christian family is the nucleus of the church. Any church is composed of all the Christian families. And the kingdom of God is composed from the children of God who are served by the church. That's why we need to pay attention to the Christian family, to the well-being of the Christian family. Because if the Christian family is weak, then the church will be weak too. If the Christian family is weak, the church will be weak too. So, what are the challenges that are facing the Christian family right now and what are the solutions? There are many challenges, but I will speak about five challenges and then at the end I will offer three solutions. So, five challenges and three solutions. The first challenge is the spiritual or the religious challenges. What do I mean by the spiritual or religious challenges? I mean right now we are exposed through the media and through the satellite to many thoughts about our faith. Some denominations cast doubt on our faith, make us doubt our faith. Others, they are cast doubt on the existence of God. Others believe in evolution, for example, and not creation. Besides this, there are unethical and ungodly shows on the TV and on the social media. And many, many times the person becomes addict to these unethical, immoral, and ungodly. Unfortunately, pornography became in the last years a challenge to our faith. People who are addicted to pornography or watching pornography, this actually will quench the Holy Spirit in them. That's why we need actually to have control over the TV and over the media in general, what we are watching and what we are allowing to enter into our mind. Now the information and the knowledge is available too much. There is a lot of information available and this information also are against each other and sometimes we are confused which information we should believe. For example, during the pandemic, during the COVID, a lot of theories about the reason why COVID is spread, about treatment. Some people tell you this medicine is a treatment for COVID. Another people tell you, no, don't take it. It's going to destroy your life. About vaccination, some people said, yes, please, vaccination will help you, will protect our country. Others all say, no, vaccination, no, 
and the conspiracy theory. So, a lot of information, and this actually caused stress to us, which information we should believe. Now people start, when they speak with each other, to debate. And this made the people actually became like group against each other. One group believed in this, another group believed in this. They start to argue, and instead of using the information to build us spiritually, the information actually became a burden, became an issue that split us and make us fight with each other. How many times we are divided because of our faith? I mean, some people say something and some people say something else. And we are divided. And each one has his evidence that his opinion is right. Some people right now say there is no original sin. Some people say there is original sin. Some people say there is no punishment. Some people say no, there is punishment. Some people say there is no penal substitution. Others say no, there is penal substitution. And a lot of confusion and we are split against each other. Also another spiritual problem, hypocrisy. Hypocrisy became a very common problem in our churches and in the family. People come to the church on Sunday, take communion, they attend the church regularly, they serve in the church, but when you look at their life, actually completely, it's again the teaching of the scripture. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is not there. They fight with each other, they curse each other, they gossip about each other, etc. Sometimes when there is difference in opinion among the people who go to church, so they clash with each other. And sometimes the clash becomes physical. And I wonder how people who attend the church regularly, people who should be peacemakers, because the children of God are peacemakers, how we reach this point that we are fighting with each other for church matters, for church affairs. How come? It's hypocrisy. It's like the scribes and Pharisees who knew the law, knew the word of God. They keep all the practices, but at the end there is no fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's the first challenge that challenges the Christian family. Either a lot of information that confuses us, either living the life of hypocrites. Second group of problems or challenges that are facing the Christian family, we call it the social challenges. Nowadays, everything that's new, regardless it's good or bad, actually many people are attracted to and they want actually to apply and to follow it. And if you are a traditionalist, if you hold to the tradition, 
they will call you you are not enlightened now the enlightenment means just forsake the tradition and follow whatever is new definitely there are things that are new that's helpful in our spiritual life now we are using the computers or using the internet we're not using this 10 years or 15 years ago so the church not against what is new but the church is against becoming fascinating with everything new and you need to apply it regardless it is good or bad and the church is against that you want to forsake the tradition the tradition that is actually passed down from our Lord Jesus Christ to the disciples to us we need to be careful not everything new should be attractive to us also another element in the social challenges the communication within the family disappeared completely either because we are too busy parents are too busy making money sometimes the children are working to make money so there is no time and when we are home finally after long hour of work we are tired we are exhausted we don't have patience to dialogue with each other that's one reason another reason the gadgets separated us you can see one a family each one holding his phone and living in his world although they are living in the same household but everyone living in a different world and they don't communicate with each other because they don't communicate with each other that's why the bond among the family members is getting weaker and weaker we became like roommates living in the same household but there is no bond among us there is no bond between the husband and wife there is no bond between parents and children also this led to what? this led to misunderstanding each other many times in confession children youth come to us and say my father doesn't understand me my mother doesn't understand me how come? because they don't communicate each one is living in his world and not only between parents and children between spouses many times couple counseling we discover that the husband doesn't know anything about his wife or her world and the wife doesn't know anything about the husband and his world they don't have time to read the Bible together they don't have time to pray together so there is no bond not only there is no bond but this society and this culture and this generation I'm not speaking here about Philippines only but the whole world in America and Egypt now the self-centeredness became an issue each one is focusing on himself what pleases him 
decisions are made not in the best interest of the family, but in the best interest of the individual. If the individual, for example, is not comfortable with his spouse, he will pursue divorce. And he knows very well that divorce will hurt the family member, will hurt the children. But he doesn't care. She doesn't care. They are self-centered. They are seeking what pleases them, not the best interest of the family. Growing up, we saw our parents and grandparents thinking about the family, not about the individuals. Now, children think about what they want. Parents think about what they want. Nobody is thinking about the family. And that's why now many people live together without marriage and many people seek civil divorce and they are separated. And definitely living together without marriage is not right. We learn and we grow up and it is clear in the scripture that marriage is a sacrament instituted by God and blessed by God and the Holy Spirit unites both man and woman to be one. Living together without marriage, who is blessing this relationship? No one, God is not blessing this relationship. It's very important to come to the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to unite the husband and wife before the Lord. This will bless the family. But family in which the sacrament of marriage is not practiced, this actually will be a big challenge to the family. The first group was the spiritual challenges, second group the social challenges, third group is the psychological challenges. I don't know what happened to the world. Growing up means 30 years or 40 years ago was very, very rare to hear about a person is treated from stress or depression or suicidal ideation, etc. But now it's very common, very, very common. And I don't know what is the reason behind it. Especially many youth who are active in the church, sometimes when they go to college, they start suffering from psychological problems and stress and anxiety and they need medication. And I think it's related to the spiritual challenges. Because when our spirituality is going down, then we will lose the peace of God. Because peace is one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's why now anxiety, stress, people are broken in front of any problem. Again, 30 years ago, when the family is facing a huge challenge, but they are strong, they, they can handle it through the grace of God. They can overcome this challenge. But now actually, with any challenge that's facing the family, 
you can see the family is becoming broken. During the time of COVID and the pandemic, many psychiatrists told me they saw thousands of cases. People couldn't handle this pandemic. Why? Because the lack of the peace of God. The peace of God which surpasses your understanding is not there. And the people start to think about numbing themselves. If I am anxious or I suffer from stress, so how to numb myself? That's why they start to take drugs. Instead of coping in the right way, they try to cope the wrong way. That's why the consumption of drugs now is very high. And again, when I compare it with 25 years ago, the consumption of drugs was not like this at all. Because the spirituality is going down very, very quick, very rapidly. It's very sad to that every year we lose many years because of the overdosage. Wonderful youth because they became slaves of drugs and we lose them because of overdosage. What's wrong? Again, suicide. Now we hear about wonderful youth committing suicide. The trust in God and the hope in God and the peace that comes from the Lord is not there anymore. And definitely this affects our the first group of challenges that facing the family is the financial challenges. Many families right now, they are suffering financially and unfortunately the contentment is not there anymore. To be content with what we have and I try to improve myself is not there. Many people start to try to find solution for the financial issues. For example, we find the husband travel to another country just to make one leaving behind him his wife and his children. And this husband in a foreign country is living alone. And if he's not strong in his spiritual life, there are many temptations around him. Also the same way, the wife who is left alone, many temptations around her. And the children, they are growing without their father. That's why unfortunately, and I'm saying this with this heart and heart, unfortunately, the infidelity right now is, is growing. We see many, many cases of infidelity. And again, if we compare this with 20 years ago or 25 years ago, situation was not like this. Sometimes the two parents, they are working very hard in order to support their families, to provide for their families. And as I said a few minutes ago, when they come home, they are exhausted, they are not patient to communicate with each other or to communicate with his children. And this puts stress 
Also, another challenge, the whole family immigrates to another country. And if I don't understand the culture of the host country, many people, they cannot actually adapt to this culture. So they may live 10, 15, 20 years, but they live as foreigners in this country because they cannot adapt. And definitely this puts a pressure on the family because children, they adapt better than us and quicker than us. So in the same family, we will find two cultures, the parents' culture and the children' culture. The parents don't understand anything about the children' culture, anything. For example, the songs that the children listen to, the lyrics, the music, the parents are completely, completely don't understand any of these things. So they, they don't know what their children are exposed to. Can you imagine a family in which children are living in their world, in their culture, and parents completely in a different culture? So there is a split in the family. The last group of challenges is the physical challenges. There is a term in medicine, it's called psychosomatic diseases. What does it mean, psychosomatic? Psychosomatic means physical illness because of psychological problems. So psychological problem can cause physical illness. As I told you, now most of the family, most of the family members suffer from stress, from anxiety. That's why now high blood pressure, diabetes, heart diseases are very, very common. Besides the immoral practices, made our families exposed to new diseases. For example, AIDS. AIDS is common because of the sexual immorality and homosexuality. And I don't know whether even the increase in cancer is related to this or not. Besides, we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, when people take communion unworthily, without repentance, St. Paul said, that's why among you many are sick and many die. Unfortunately, many people take communion unworthily without repentance. You can see the discrepancy between their life inside the church and their life outside the church. And that's why if people are taking communion unworthily, we expect many people to be sick, weak, and many people die, as St. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. These are some challenges that facing the family. 
either social challenges, psychological challenges, spiritual challenges, financial challenges, or physical challenges. What are the solutions? Number one, which is the very important solution, that we need to make the family bond strong. When the family bond is strong, they can face all these challenges together. But if they are disengaged from each other, so each individual by himself will be facing these challenges. In order to have one mind and one thought, we need to talk with each other and we need to train ourselves to communicate with each other. We need to be sensitive to the needs of the other. We need to put away our self-centeredness and our selfishness. And we need to be considered about the needs of the others. Also, we need to find quality time. Quality time will not happen by itself. You need to plan for the quality time. It will not happen by yourself. Quality time between spouses and quality time between parents and children. So, you need to plan for this. Also, be careful of friendship outside the family that actually can have negative effect on the family. What do I mean by this? Wife complains, her husband spent all the time with his friends and he doesn't come home. Or the wife all the day with her friends in her world and she is not actually paying attention to the house. Children in the same way, they prefer to spend the time with their friends more than spending time with their parents. All this actually can tell you about how the family is not strong enough. The bond in the family is not there anymore. We need to learn how to communicate. See the Lord Jesus Christ in his communication with the Samaritan woman. At the beginning, the Samaritan woman was very defensive and attacking. How you talk to me? I am Samaritan and you are Jewish and the Jews don't deal with the Samaritan. You can see in, in, the, in her responses the defensiveness and the attack. But the Lord was patient with her and through his patience was able actually to convert her. In the same way, if you are talking with your children, if you are talking with your spouse, and you find your spouse or your children are very defensive, very attacking, don't let this to turn you off and say, no, I'm not going to communicate. I tried and I failed. No. Follow 
the example of the Lord Jesus Christ and be patient and try to win the person. Many times in our communication, the focus is not about winning the person, but the focus is about winning the conversation. If there is this agreement, I want to win the conversation. So the conversation at the end, there is a winner and a loser. Somebody lost and somebody won. No. Make the focus on how to win the person. And when you win the person, you will win him to God. Even the Lord himself, in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18, he told the people, let us dialogue, says the Lord. If your sins are like scarlet, they will become white like snow. So the Lord actually is asking us to dialogue with him. Also see the dialogue between Ruth and her mother-in-law. That's a very good example about how we dialogue with each other, how we communicate with each other. The love, the commitment. She felt committed and the love in her heart was so strong. She told her, your land is my land, your Lord is my Lord. Only death will separate between us. We don't have such commitment, unfortunately, in our families right now. We don't have such love in our families right now. Even in the house of Simeon the Pharisee, when Simeon was judging the Lord Jesus Christ and was judging the sinful woman, the Lord Jesus Christ, through dialogue, through using logic, he was able to convince Simeon the Pharisee that this woman is a godly woman. Yes, she was sinful and she committed many sins, but through repentance she loved her much and all her sins are forgiven. So now, in front of God, she is pure, she is clean, she is godly. So the Lord did not judge Simeon or did not rebuke him for judging the woman or judging the Lord Jesus Christ himself. But through dialogue, he convinced him that this woman actually is forgiven because she loved much. Another point in the dialogue, one time they attacked the Lord Jesus Christ and they told him, you cast out demon by Ba'al the head of the demons. Can you imagine if somebody told you, you have the head of the demons, you have a demon, how would be your reaction? You will be very offended. But the Lord was not defensive. The Lord actually used logic to answer them. And he told them, whether the demon wants to spread his kingdom or not. The demon or the head of demons want every single person to be possessed by a demon. So how come a demon will cast another demon? This is against 
their policy. Because their policy that every person will be possessed with a demon. I want you to think here about how the Lord responded to this attack. Sometimes when people attack us, we attack them and we escalate and it will be a bigger problem. But the peacemaker will defuse the attack and they will win the person at the end. Communication and communication and communication. You need to have good communication in your family in order to establish the family bond, in order the family to be one unit instead of being just different individual living in one household. That's number one in solution, communication. And we need to learn how to communicate with each other. The second point is the relation of the family with Christ. If you have good communication among each other, but you don't have relationship with God, then you will acquire one mind because you have good communication. But this mind will not be the mind of Christ. Maybe the mind of the contemporary society. That's why we need to strengthen our relationship with God as a family. As a family, we need to pray together. They say this family that prays together stays together. We need actually to spend time in praying together. And you need to find a place for the Lord Jesus Christ in your family, in the heart of the family. The Lord used to go to the house of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And this house was a place of rest to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Mary represents the contemplative life, the person who contemplates. And Martha represents the service life. And Lazarus represents the life of repentance. That's why this family was a place of rest. Let's ask ourselves, if the Lord Jesus Christ is living right now with us, living right now, would our house will be a place of rest to the Lord Jesus Christ? Would he feel comfortable to come and rest at our houses or not? If there is no relationship with God if we are not living the life of contemplation, life of repentance, life of service, then the Lord actually will, will not have a place of rest in our life. I remember when I was young, my family actually taught me how to pray by their example, because when I was very little, when I woke up, I found my father praying and my mother praying. I saw them. So this example taught me how to pray. 
And as I mentioned several times in other sermons, when I woke up and I went to my mother asking her, I'm hungry, I need to eat breakfast. Her response usually was, did you pray? And my answer was no. So she told me, go first to pray, and after pray, come and eat your breakfast. She did not give me a lecture about prayer. But this very simple dialogue taught me and planted in my mind that before eating breakfast, I should pray. God comes first. In the beginning was the Lord. So I learned I will not go and ask for breakfast unless I pray first. Do you teach your children prayer? The disciples one time went to the Lord Jesus Christ and told him, Lord, teach us how to pray as John the Baptist taught his disciples. We learned that John the Baptist taught his disciples how to pray. The Lord Jesus Christ taught his disciples how to pray. You parents, we need to teach your children how to pray. Sometimes we take our children to the church on Sunday. Every Sunday, we take them to the church. Then we leave the church playing all the time of the liturgy. And at time of communion, we go and look for them to bring them from outside to take communion. That's why we have church goers, but we don't have spiritual people. We have people who go to church regularly, but they are not spiritual. And then when our children become teenagers and they start to, to drift away, say, oh, come. Every Sunday we used to bring them to the church. Yes, every Sunday you brought them to the building, but not to Christ. You need to bring your children to Christ, not to the building of the church. Make your child sit next to you. Teach him how to pray. Lord, teach us how to pray as John taught his disciples. Also, when a challenge, a problem happened to the family, for example, a financial problem, in any challenge, uh, illness, sickness, death of members' family. We need actually to think together as a family. How to face this challenge? Trusting in the Lord. Many families in the New Testament turned their houses into churches like Achilla and Priscilla like the house of Zacchaeus, like the house of St. Mark. So, when a problem faces a family, and we are like one of these houses, you actually will be able to attend to this problem. Sometimes all what we need is to persevere, and to accept the problem, and wait for the Lord, like with illness, we will go to the physician, but at the end, we will wait for the Lord. Death, we need to accept, and we have faith in God, that there is life after death, and we move on with our life.
So the first solution is communication. Second solution, our relationship with Christ. Third solution, our relationship with the church. The church is the ark of Noah in which we will be saved. If we are outside the ark, we will be drowned by the flood of the world. That's why we need to have a strong relationship with the church. Many times we speak negatively about the church. For example, in front of our children, we speak negatively about Abuna, about Sayyidina, about even the Pope. We speak negatively about some school servants. We speak negatively about the services of the church. And our children listen to this. Then when they grow up, they will say, why should I go to a church that has all these negative negatives? So they start to stop going to the church. And we wonder why our children stop going to the church. It's because of us, because of what we said about the church. If there is something negative, and definitely there will be negatives, because we are not perfect, definitely there is something negative, because we are not perfect. Instead of cursing the darkness, let a candle. Instead of speaking negative, think about how to help in this situation. Speaking negatively will not actually solve the problem. Speaking negatively will make the problem worse. Think positively how to let the candle. Also, you need to teach your children what is the reference? In any discussion, somebody comes to you and, and, and he says to you, this is wrong. So we need to have a reference. What do you mean reference? If I say it's right and you say it's wrong, who will determine what's right and what's wrong? It is the church. It is the scripture. It is the word of God. So plant in your children that the reference is the church. The reference is the word of God. The reference is the early church fathers. Because when family problems happen, some couples refuse to go to the church. But the reference is the church. You will hear the word of God from the church. Teach your children the love of the church. While we were growing up, many Christian songs about the church like in Arabic so all these songs actually planted in the children the love of the church another song my Coptic church when we love the church we will not actually leave the church and the church is very important for the prosperity of the family. Our relationship with the church is very important. The last point, plant your children in the church. And I mean the word plant. Make them rooted in the church, like a tree. When they are planted in the church, 
they will be like olive tree laden with the fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And this actually will protect the family from all the challenges that they are facing. The five problems are social challenges, spiritual challenges, psychological challenges, financial challenges, and physical challenges. And the solution, communication, to increase the bond among the family member, the relationship of the family with Christ, and the relationship of the family with the church. Families that are connected to Christ, connected to the church, and they have good communication, these are successful families. May the Lord bless our families and make our houses houses of prayers, houses of purity, houses of blessings. Glory to God forever.